electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Sharon Epperson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. On this episode, you'll hear from Winnie Sun, managing partner of the Sun Group Wealth Partners, host of Level Up with Winnie, and one of the most followed and trusted financial advisors on social media. I spoke with Winnie Sun on April 11, 2023 as part of CNBC's Women in Wealth Summit, answering your questions about when to use high-yield savings accounts, when to hire a financial advisor, and how to make the most of your 401k. Here's our conversation. We have a ton of questions from our viewers and from people who wrote in and wanted to know, Winnie, what you had to say about this. So let's get right to it. Toya is asking, which high-yield savings account should I use and how much money would I need to open one? Susie talked about the importance of a high-yield savings account. Which one and how do I open it? But great question. Thanks so much for submitting it. We are looking at interest rates going up. So high-yield now can come in different forms. We're actually seeing checking accounts looking better. We're certainly looking at FDIC-insured CDs. Don't discount those as well. If you don't need your money right away, take a look at those. But I would suggest getting to your financial institution or bank and ask them for something that is FDIC insured so you don't worry about your money at night, right? And comparing interest rates. And do know that it does look like interest rates will continue to creep up so your money will have a chance uh, to ratchet up as well. Yeah, you know, and so many people are where Andrea is right now. They've never invested. They're close to retirement. Andrea wants to know, where do I start if I want to start now? It's never too late, right, Winnie? It's never too late, Sharon. And Andrea, great question. I remember when I first started, it was kind of overwhelming. But the good news is there's more knowledge and information than ever. And kudos to you for being with us today because this is sort of the first step. I would say when I first started, I jumped in resources such as CNBC.com. I love the personal finance area of the website. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend that you look through that. I actually spent a lot of time in that area and you can read about what people are doing, learning about the basics of investing, learning about setting aside an emergency fund, creating a budget. And if you're looking to invest, things like diversification and, you know, taking really being mindful of your risk tolerance and maybe areas and sectors that you're familiar with that you want to research deeper. Whatever you do, spend a little bit more time researching before you just jump in and invest. Because as you know, it's really easy to lose money in the market. It's a little bit harder to make money, but it definitely helps if your time horizon is longer. Now, if you feel like you want to level up from there, there's other resources, right? You can find a financial advisor, you can um, you can find a robo-advisory as well. There's resources and people out there to help you. Let's talk about advice, Winnie. KK is asking, when does it make sense to work with a financial advisor, and what should you look for when you're trying to find one? Sure. KK, great question. You know, a lot of people have been asking us this, I think, in the last few years, especially in the pandemic, like our phones have been really, really busy. And I would say this, you know when you're ready for a financial advisor. A lot of our clients come to us when they feel like 
they're at a point in their lives where they're juggling work, they're juggling family, they have so many things working, pulling, pulling their time. So they want to make sure that their money is working just as hard as they are. At that point, then it makes sense to at least explore the option, set up a couple appointments, do some free consultations and figure out what you need. And if you connect with the person, you're looking for somebody trustworthy. And then my other recommendation is look for a financial advisor who's been a financial advisor for at least 10 years or more. And that's key. So that way they've managed monies in good markets as well as bad markets. And they have uh, numbers to show for it. That's a really good point. Really good point. I think a lot of people are looking back a decade or so ago and they're thinking about terms they may have heard about different types of investments. Annie is asking about annuities and she's asking mm -hmm. if they're a good or bad investment. But we're hearing more and more now about annuities being in 401k plans, having a lifetime income stream right there in your retirement plan. What is your opinion about annuities? They got a bad rap several years ago. Well, Sharon, so true. You know, I think annuities, you know, are sort of the black sheep of the investment committee or uh, community. People don't like to talk about them, but what they are is essentially they're investments like, like your 401k, like mutual funds, or it could be bond funds, or it could be just cash. And with a layer of insurance that's wrapped around them. So why is it they're so unpopular? And the reason is because you're paying fees not only on the investments themselves, right? But also on the extra layer of insurance. So they tend to be a little bit more but they tend to be more expensive and they can be significantly more expensive. So you definitely want to do your due diligence. Also, you want to take a look at the credit quality of these investments, they are insurance uh, tools. So, so you want to make sure that that when you need this annuity, you know, that it's able to pay. So I would say this is a very personal situation. I definitely don't think an annuities are for everyone. I think for specific cases, they could be interesting. So I would suggest speaking with a financial advisor, someone very experienced um, who knows them, knows how they work, what are the benefits, what are the negatives. And Sharon made a good point. Now they're actually being included in 401ks. Now I imagine the ones that are being included in 401ks are gonna be a little different than the ones that you would, you know, sit in line and out of club, they're trying to sell you. So really, really important. Find someone who really knows their stuff in this area. Great, great advice. Courtney has a question about 401ks, by the way. She's saying, what are the best ways to grow and make the most of my 401k aside from paycheck contributions? I'm eager to hear your answer there. And if it has anything to do with the word Roth, can you explain a little bit what the difference might be between a Roth and a traditional 401k? Sharon, you're seeing my, you know, you know we love our Roth IRA. Okay, I love this question. 401k, I've got you. This is what you wanna do, right? So assuming that you have your emergency sort of set aside or an emergency fund, you've got that planned out, you don't have too much debt, let's talk about the 401k. I want you to contribute at the minimum the amount that the company is going to match for you. And that's key because that's like free money coming from your employer. The longer you stay at the company, then the more of that will become yours. But the Roth IRA that Sharon talked about, typically uh, 401ks at most companies uh, I land in two flavors, the Roth 401k and the traditional 401k. Super, super simple. Okay. The traditional 401k means that your monies go in on a pre-tax basis. And then when you take them out later on, they grow on a, you know, you have to pay taxes on the back end because you haven't paid money on that income yet. The Roth 401k, well, you don't get that deduction up front. So what you see in your checking account essentially is already after tax, um, already been, you know, it's gonna be taxed. So therefore fully tax, full, you're gonna have to pay taxes on that money going in, but when it comes out, it's gonna be 100% tax 
great. So this is something for those of you who are younger, um, this is something for you definitely to pay attention to because how wonderful would it be when you're in your 60s and 70s and looking at your retirement account and the whole thing will be tax-free. That's key. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We have a number of people who have joined us that are small business owners, entrepreneurs, or they want to be soon. And so how does retirement, saving for retirement, differ perhaps for them? They may not have a 401k if they're starting their business. So how can they save for retirement and build and grow their business at the same time? Absolutely. This is a great question. I remember I started my first business, my real business, when I was 19 years old. And the good news is when it comes to retirement savings, you definitely can qualify and you actually have some customization options. So when you have your own company, whether you are paying yourself, you know, whether you're getting paid via 1099 or you're paying yourself a small W-2, you can have your own retirement plan. There's things like the SEP IRA, which you can still fund if for 2022 if you haven't done that yet before, as long as you haven't filed your taxes yet. There's also the one person 401k and there's other other retirement plans and benefits. So in this area, I highly recommend getting together with a financial advisor that's very familiar with corporate retirement plans, small business owners. I mean, this is this is what we do. We work with um, companies that are as small as one person all the way to like hundreds of people. And there's also some things such as pension. So a lot of different things that you want to flush through as you build your business. Very good answer there. For Joy, it, she's starting the beginning here. She's saying making a budget seems intimidating to someone that has not done it before. So how do I determine what my budget should be? Okay, Joy, don't worry. I know it's really intimidating. But the first thing you want to do is actually you can just use a Google spreadsheet if you want. So what you can do is create a column for all the income that you have coming in. So this could be very simple if you just have paycheck or maybe you you know have a side gig, that will be one column. And the other column will be all your expenses. Now, what you want to do is I always recommend repeating this process over the next three months. That way you get a real good feel of what you continue to spend on. And then you can take a look and it might surprise you of how much you're spending. Then you want to challenge yourself the next month to try to spend less. And then at some point, you're going to get used to mindfully thinking, oh my goodness, I don't think I should spend money on this item that I don't really need because it's going to show up on my budget spreadsheet. Now, if you're not sure like how to do this and um, other, there's a lot of tools out there. In fact, on the CNBC website, we've talked to, there's been a lot of articles talking about that. So I just do a search for a budget worksheet on the CNBC site. Excellent. 
Tara asks a lot of questions about Roth um, are coming in the chat here. She's asking, what do you recommend to someone who earns too much money for Roth investments? And I guess she's referring to Roth IRA investments because with the Roth 401k, there is no income limitation. That's right, Sharon. So, so those of you who have 401k Roth IRA, definitely take a look at no income limitation. But those of you who make more than you're able to contribute to a directly to a Roth IRA, do know that currently, as we stand today, that we we still can do what they call a backdoor Roth IRA or a Roth IRA conversion. And what that means is, I'm assuming now you definitely want to do this with a financial advisor. You don't want to do this yourself. It's not a good idea because we want to take a look at whether you have existing like IRA rollovers or other previous funded um, IRA accounts before we do this. But what you can do is you could contribute to a traditional IRA on a after tax basis. And the day after or a week after, very quickly, you could convert that into a Roth IRA conversion because a Roth IRA conversion does not have a income limitation. So you could make a million dollars a year and you could actually do a Roth IRA conversion. You want to do this properly. If you do this properly, then basically you're funding on an after tax basis into the traditional IRA converts to the Roth IRA, which then that'll go tax free as long as you hold it until yep. age 59 and a half and beyond. That's why we need you, Winnie. We need a financial advisor to walk us through this because it can seem pretty complicated. But I, I want to back up for a minute about priorities because I think Ursula raises an important question. Should you contribute to a Roth 401k, Roth IRA, if you have credit card debt? How do you prioritize this long-term saving with the immediate credit card bills you need to be paying. So Sharon, you know, we talk about this, you know, having credit card debt is like basically jumping in a swimming pool with a broken leg. It's just, you're not gonna get that far. So I always say, try to get the credit card debt paid off first. The good news is when you're ready to invest, there will be things for you to invest in. Now, that being said, if you still want to feel like you're at least investing and, and making some progress towards retirement planning, take a look at your company 401k first. Take a look at how much the company will match and maybe fund to that amount. But the rest, try to pay down those credit cards as soon as possible. Because I actually would prefer the credit card debt get paid off first completely. But if you can't, those would be the two options. The rest I would wait to do in the future. That was managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners, Winnie Sun. She joined us at CNBC's Women and Wealth Summit on April 11, 2023. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. You can visit cnbcevents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Sharon Epperson. Thanks for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.